Get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning from I can tell you this, when I woke up at 5.30, I didn't hear any birds chirping. Those birds have hit the road, man. They are long gone from the Memphis area, other than those that uh, deal with winter weather. Most have headed further south than we are here in Memphis because it is downright cold. 27 degrees under clear skies as you wake up and get your Monday started. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a great sports weekend. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you for another week here on Sports 56 Mornings, the Monday, December 11th, 2023 edition. Two weeks from Christmas, we are in the Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. Family Leisure's Christmas sale continues with excellent deals on pool tables, shuffle boards, saunas, hot tubs, massage chairs, just about everything in stock, including kids' games like arcade and game tables and play gyms. But it's not just for the kids. It's for the adults as well. Check them out at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. First hour of the program also brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. So as I mentioned, 27 degrees today, very cold this morning. It will become a little warmer today at 54 for a high, sunny breezy then tonight fair and cold with a low down to 36 tomorrow some showers possible in the morning then partly cloudy in the afternoon and a high near 57 degrees coming up on the program today we'll recap everything that's happening in the world of sports especially in the local and regional scene barrett salee will join us at 8 25 as he does every monday during the college football season other than that no guests scheduled so plenty of time to take your calls and read your texts on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. You can also drop us a dime on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, on the website sportsmemphis.com. Memphis Tigers basketball picking up a huge win yesterday on the road in College Station, Texas against Texas A&M. We'll look back at the college basketball weekend. We'll talk Grizzlies who return to action tonight against the Dallas Mavericks, who will be missing one of their stars. The Grizzlies lost on Friday to Minnesota. We'll also take a look at the world of college football. The Heisman Trophy was handed out. We had a great game that went down to the wire in the Army-Navy game. Also news from the world of baseball. Huge news involving Shohei Otani. Just some of the topics we'll touch on today here on Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning to you. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I had a solid weekend. Better weekend, uh, better weekend than the Chiefs. Not as good a weekend as Shohei. So somewhere in between. Somewhere in between those two. Yeah, the Chiefs uh, and especially Matt uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, not happy with what happened yesterday as uh, they ended up losing that game to Buffalo. We'll talk NFL Week 14 almost in the books, but we have two, not one, but two Monday night games tonight for some reason. We will have the Titans-Dolphins game for you, beginning with the pregame at 7, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. I want to start with Tigers basketball, but before we do that, sad news yesterday since we just talked about the NFL and the Tennessee Titans playing tonight. Frank Wycheck passed away over the weekend at the young age of 52, and Frank Wycheck 
who has been on our show and is somebody that's dear to me, having played at the University of Maryland, of course, many years with the Titans. He's a part of the Titans uh, Ring of Honor. Died apparently after a fall hitting his head in his home in Chattanooga. He was a tight end, as I said, for many years with the Titans. And of course, he is famous for the Music City Miracle. He's the one who made that pass across the field and they ended up scoring that touchdown. And Frank Wojciech was right in the middle of the Music City Miracle. But just, I mean, startling news when I saw that. Again, with me personally, it hits home him being a former Terp. Yeah, anytime you see um, somebody at the age of 52 and something like that, it's uh, awful, awful news. Certainly um, came as quite the shock. And uh, yeah, certainly it's uh, just awful, awful stuff. Yeah, and they're going to get into the whole CTE with him. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he wanted to have his brain uh, diagnosed and uh and experiment with as far as the CTE is concerned. I may be wrong about that, but that's what I thought I read. Uh, after he retired from from uh, playing football, he became a broadcaster. So he was broadcasting some of the uh, Titans games over the years. So certainly sad news with the passing of Frank Wycheck. The Memphis Tigers pick up a huge win yesterday in Texas, 81-75 over 21st-ranked Texas A&M as they improved to 7-2. and So after the buzz around the program on Friday. Is Jordan Brown with the team anymore? Is he not with the team? We know he didn't go to College Station with the team. We know he wasn't at VCU. Penny Hardaway continues to say it's some sort of illness. And his quote from yesterday after the game was, still sick as far as I know. But we did have one outlet reporting that he will not play the rest of the season. So that was going on. Never could quite confirm it. Penny obviously has not confirmed that report. But they went out without Jordan Brown, who has not really been a factor yet this year. And they got another great performance, especially in the first half, from one David Jones, who went for 21 in the first half. A&M had no answer for him. He ended up with 29, and I thought Javon Quinterly was fabulous in the second half. He ends up with 24 points, five assists, four rebounds. He led the team as a point guard should. Caleb Mills was good off the bench at two big threes in the second half. He ended up with 13. Tigers led by 14 late. Got a little dicey there in the end trying to close them out, but they end up getting a huge win by six on the road. Yeah, this was a um, a fantastic effort, really, uh, all around. I mean, obviously, Jones, uh, what he did in the first half was um, incredible. And then, you know, Quinterly, you mentioned Mills, it's a huge, huge shots that they needed. Um, the defensive effort was what they did um, with both Coleman and Taylor, um, but especially Coleman, like they, they, Coleman just couldn't do anything. Like they just didn't allow Coleman at, to get going whatsoever. Um, and that was that's an incredible performance because he is a hell of a rebounder. He's a heck of a player, um, and to hold him to just five points, only five field goal attempts, only get six rebounds, um, and then Taylor, um, you know, to to shut him down the way they did. That was a uh, you know they they were locked in. They this you know rebounding defense everything like they this was a team that clearly was focused ready to go saw this as a big opportunity um and and responded and um to go in there and and dominate a game the way they did uh very very impressive yeah you mentioned henry coleman he only got five shots off he was two of five from the field so they limited his shots 
And then with Wade Taylor, Wade Taylor was just off. Three of 14, but most of those shots were contested. 0 of 9 from 3 for Wade Taylor, who is a pretty darn good player. Garcia hit the offensive boards. He did get 7 offensive boards. They gave up 16, but the Tigers got 11 of their own, and they ended up out-rebounding Texas A&M overall 37-35. Like you said, they were dialed in. They were focused. And we have seen this Memphis team uh, at many times this year. Not all, not always, but many times this year, when they are focused and dialed in, they are really tough to beat. That was a huge win, and they continue to have a, an amazing record over the last few years against SEC opponents. So far this year, they've won three of four. The only loss was that three-point loss at the Pavilion in Oxford against Ole Miss. Yeah, and, and you know this team, just like any other basketball team, obviously when shots are falling, you look a lot better. And you know they were very efficient. Um, nine of twenty-two from three-point range. Um, if this team, if this team is locked in on the defensive end, and they are knocking down threes, they're going to be tough to beat. I mean, they because they have the ability defensively to to, to shut people down. I mean, just because of size, length, athleticism, things like that, they they're going. They can guard anybody. Um, you throw in there the three-point shot going down like it was yesterday. Um, is it, and they don't have to shoot a bunch of them, uh, but be efficient with that three-point shot. This team can be uh, be pretty darn difficult, and I, that's shown. I mean, that's a that's a huge win. I mean, that's a really good Texas A&M team to go down to their place and beat them like that. That mm-hmm. was that's that's really really good. You meant you mentioned being efficient shooting the three nine of twenty two, very efficient. 40.9%. You'll take that percentage any day of the week. Nine is a very solid number. And you hold AM to six of 33. So three less made, 10 more attempts by Texas AM. And you hold Texas AM overall to under 40% shooting from the field. That's really, really good defense. So a great win for Memphis. Later on in the show, we'll give you the opportunity to talk about the Tigers when. Many of you join us right now. Many of you are probably sleeping, but you didn't sleep on that win. That was big. And now Memphis gets to return home, and they got some big ones coming up, including Clemson this Saturday. Clemson win, wins again, 74-66 over TCU. Clemson ranked at number 24. Then Virginia, and they're completely different style than Memphis, a 180 from Memphis. Vanderbilt has struggled, but another SEC opponent. You'll close out the non-conference portion of your schedule against Austin P on the 30th, and then it's conference play from that point on. And speaking of conference play, UCF nearly beat Ole Miss. Uh, it was a home game for UCF, but Ole Miss ends up winning in the end, 70-68. to So Ole Miss also gets a Big road win on Sunday as they continue to stay unbeaten. Ole Miss now 9-0, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's 9-0. Yes, I believe it's 9 And there's, no, there's only, I want to say, eight undefeated teams. Clemson being one of them, Ole Miss being another one. Yeah, Ole Miss, <laughs> they continue to pull these games out. It is, it's mind-boggling to think that they've won every one of these games that comes down to the final possession. Um, almost gave it away on an inbound with 2.2 seconds to go, throw it, trying to get it in quickly. UCF makes the steal, but Alan Flanagan, who threw the inbounds pass, comes in, blocks the shot, and then the tip-in at the buzzer is too late for UCF. Um, that was a hell of a block. 
that, oh, great. The I mean, reaction like, to that. Well, yeah, because you, I mean, the it's the shock of like, oh, I mean, the, how quickly you have to react from throwing that inbounds pass mm-hmm. to get there and get the block is is amazing. And, um, you know, they just two point games, one point games. I mean, that's, I, I they've had what, five games now that have been decided by three or less. Um, and to be, to win every single one of them, that's really hard to do. They they made a big jump in the net ranking. So the Tigers actually now, over the weekend, not only did they pick up a quad one win against Texas A&M, but right now, because of jumps that were made, Villanova and Ole Miss, those two losses, have both moved into quad one as well. So right now, they went from zero quad one games technically on Friday, to now they have played three quad one games, one and two in quad one. So those losses look better. You get a quad one win. You've got two opportunities coming up for quad one wins in Clemson and Virginia, as of right now anyway. So it, it you know, the Tigers moved up to 40 in the in the net rankings because of that. They're also number 34 in Ken Palm. And it's very weird to say, but Memphis fans should continue to be fans of Ole Miss basketball this year because every Ole Miss win helps out Memphis. Memphis was not helped out, though, by Arkansas or Missouri. Arkansas loses to 19th-ranked Oklahoma, but again, it was a road game, I believe. It was in Norman, if I'm not mistaken, and it was against a ranked team. But 79-70 Oklahoma, and Missouri loses at number 2 Kansas, 73-64. The teams that Memphis has played especially the teams that Memphis beat, but even the teams they lost to, you're rooting for them to have uh, big years. And again, Ole Miss pulls it out, goes to 9-0. and Clemson gets the win, and you get a chance this Saturday at 2 o'clock to play that Clemson team, a 74-66 winner, as I mentioned, over TCU. But Memphis will... They make the top 25. Remember, last week they dropped like a rock. They weren't in the top 25, as people know. They were 26th two straight weeks. Then they dropped behind a bunch of teams as far as others receiving votes. But, again, a lot of movement, a lot of upsets, a lot of teams now. We're finding out more about particular teams, whether they're pretenders or real contenders. I don't know. I I don't even want to take a guess. I've been wrong so far as far as Memphis making the top 25. But anytime you win a road game against a ranked opponent, is it's big. So that's where the Tigers stand. Again, it just seems like when they really are focused, they they can play this type of basketball. You make some threes, you get to the hole like Quinterly did, and you play some lockdown defense, it's the right combination. Now, as far as Jordan Brown is concerned, again, as I mentioned, Penny Hardaway's quote after the game, still sick as far as I know. Interesting quote to say the least. That report on Friday came out, surprised a lot of people. We know that he had missed the game at Charlotte, or excuse me, at Richmond against VCU or in Richmond, and that was one that he just chalked up to, okay, he's he's ill, but maybe there's something more to it than that. The problem has been his play on the court. He has not been a factor. Malcolm Dandridge getting the start. Malco, who had seven rebounds in the game, against Texas A&M, unfortunately fouled out in 11 and a half minutes of play. Yeah, he um it it was uh it was tough for him to stay on the court. Um just kept getting into issues. You know, he came in with the four fouls and he was out there for what about a minute before he picked up the fifth. I don't know sure if it was a minute. Um it was he, he just had issues with fouls. And that's I mean, did you think it was a foul on him? I thought it was a foul 
on the floor, and then it looked like the player had lost control and ran right into Dandridge. I didn't even think it was his fifth foul, but that I, was oh, the I think there was. I thought Dandridge fouled him. I thought he was fouled before Dandridge fouled him, but I also thought, but yes, I thought Dandridge fouled him. Yeah, but that dude uh, was out of control. He, like, he rumbled right into the guy. But anyway, yeah, I thought he was fouled earlier, too, in the play, and they looked at it and said it was not the case. But that means you're going to have to have more... From Nick Jordan, and I think I think Jordan has actually played very well for Memphis, and he did play 28 and a half minutes. But if you don't have Jordan Brown, and Malco has issues with fouls, or maybe even the knee, let's knock on wood that he can continue to to fight through that. He'll never be 100 percent with those knees. But that means probably Jonathan Pierre having to step up and give give him a few minutes, only because Jonathan Pierre is very very tall. The um... The thing, to, I mean, the the thing we saw yesterday, and we're I'm sure we will see going forward. The, the part of the bottom line with this team, a lot of it is going to be you're going to be able to look at the end of the game. You're going to be able to look at what did David Jones do, and what did Javon Quitterly do, and that's going to dictate whether they win or lose. Yes, I, I mean, like these, I agree. Those, they're going to go as far as those two guys take them. Now that's that's two really good players to have determining that. But you know, if Jones can hit threes like he did yesterday. Um, you know, and obviously put up the twenty one in the first half, but but when he gets it going, especially from three point range, he becomes really hard to guard. Quinterly certainly is a, a fantastic point guard who kind of runs the show. You know, getting Caleb Mills to step up makes some shots. Again, Jaquan Walton again cannot make any shots right now. It'd be nice to get you know, you're gonna need some of those guys to step up, make some shots here and there, but by and large it's team is going to be determined their success by what do Jones and Quinterly do. I don't think there's any question. Walton did get seven rebounds, but he committed six turnovers. Six of the 16 turnovers for Memphis was made by Jaquan Walton. Yes, he has to step up. Now, down the stretch, it never should have gotten that close. Where at one point it became a four-point game. You're in total control. You need to make good inbounds passes, and whether it needs to be better mapped out from a coach's standpoint to the players or whether the players just have to execute better they cannot allow that to happen they really can't and what I saw with my eyes was selfishness I saw players holding on to the ball expecting to get fouled as opposed to passing to open guys and David Jones was a big culprit of that David Jones has been great don't get me wrong but David Jones needs to get the ball into the hands of Javon Quinterly or guys that can handle the rock a little bit better than he can. They need to find the open guy. I also don't understand why Penny Hardaway did not bring Jalen Young into the game. That's a couple of times down the stretch when he's elected to bring in his son Jaden, who's not a bad free throw shooter, but he doesn't have the handles that Jalen Young has, nor does he have the speed to get open. So they need to work on that as far as down the stretch, when they're being pressured, getting in, getting the ball, first of all, inbounded into the right area, and second of all, being able to pass the ball to open guys to break the press. Yeah, I, there's, I mean, obviously there's, you have to, you want to close out games and, and that. I mean, Jones, certainly, if you are getting fouled, you want Jones to be that guy. Now, if you're anticipating a foul and it's not coming, you can't turn the ball over, whatever. But right. but it, for, for Jones, if, if you're getting fouled at the end of the game, I want the ball in David Jones' hands. No, I don't mind him having the ball when they're about to foul, but him trying to dribble through three, four guys makes no sense. He's not Meadowlark Lemon. He's not Curly Neal. So uh, I think that's where they have uh, some issues. But they certainly shirt up some areas. It's not 
etched in stone that they're not going to give up a bunch of offensive rebounds again because they did give up a bunch of rebounds in this game, a bunch of offensive rebounds, but they did much better on the offensive boards themselves, and so it equaled out. Turnovers, again, they turned it over 16 times. That's too many. They forced 12, though, so the difference only four. Again, they won this game because they were very efficient on the three-point line. They played lockdown defense in the end, and David Jones was that good in the first half, which I think startled Texas A&M and had him backtracking the entire game. Elsewhere in college basketball over the weekend, mentioned obviously the Ole Miss win at UCF, talked about Arkansas's loss at Oklahoma. Tennessee beat Illinois 86-79, 17th-ranked Tennessee over 20th-ranked Illinois. Uh, Illinois. Dalton Connect with uh, 21 points. And I thought Tennessee, I watched most of this game, I thought Tennessee played really well. That's a good Illinois team. Yeah, and Zakai Ziegler is getting more and more back into form. Uh, and if they get Ziegler back to kind of where he was pre-injury, you know, Vescovy had a nice game in this one. Like they, with Connect, um, you get those guys going, they've got size up front. Like that, that is a, you know, there's a lot of people that believe Tennessee is a Final Four team this year. Like they are, Talent-wise, roster-wise, they are capable of that, but they they need Ziegler to continue to get back to where he was pre-injury. Yeah, they're very deep, a deep team that um, Rick Barnes has a lot of options when he needs to uh, go deep on his bench. Colorado beat Miami. I bring this one up only because Miami was 15th ranked, and they lost 90-63, to got beat by 27 points. And then, of course, the... Happy news from Southern California, and anytime any athlete, any person, let's be honest, is dealing with heart issues, whether it is an athlete or not, um, certainly Bronny James, who everybody knows, the son of LeBron James, to have the heart issue that he had over the offseason, over the summer, and it looked like perhaps his career, before it even started, his collegiate career was in jeopardy, finally made his debut for USC. And played about 17 minutes. He's limited on the minutes he can play. Hit his first collegiate three right in front of Dad, who was in the front row. Ended up with four points. Did a little bit of everything. Nice little taste of college basketball. The uh, The problem was Long Beach State didn't care about the <laughs> the debut of Bronny. They went out and they spoiled the party. They won it in overtime, 84-79 in Southern Cal's building. So that was a, a tough loss to swallow. But Bronny James and afterwards thanking everybody in the medical field, everybody, the trainers, the coaches, his teammates, who had a lot to do with um, his road to recovery. I thought that was very, very neat. Yeah, obviously a pretty good weekend for LeBron. Now, granted, USC doesn't get the win, but to, to go from their win Saturday night to win the in-season tournament to go watching your son make his collegiate debut when there were questions about whether you know what what was going to be his future after what had happened over the summer that's that's probably a i would say it's a pretty good weekend for lebron well speaking of that we will talk about the in-season tournament championship game won by the lakers when we return we'll talk grizzlies as well they lost on friday they return to action tonight as they will play host to the dallas mavericks the mavericks will be missing some key players and we'll also talk about Adam Silver and what he had to say about John Moran as we are getting closer to the return of the Tigers superstar. Folks, long salute. 
The, who did I say? Tigers? The Grizzly Superstar. Uh, to, folks, Lawn Solutions is a locally owned weed control fertilization company that serves the greater Memphis area. Brandon Holly and his team of professionals can take care of your lawn, and they do so all year long. They're working on the lawns now because they're controlling the weeds that are sprung in the spring. When you have that work done now, you will not see the weeds once spring hits. They control the germination of weeds 12 months a year. They apply what they call pre-emergence during the winter months and then post-emergence during the summer months. So they're treating your lawn all year long. They can take care of any disease your lawn has, any insect infestation. They're locally owned and family operated. They're not a lawn mowing service. They're not a leaf pickup service. They treat your lawn, give you that green, plush, beautiful lawn, be the envy of your neighborhood. Give them a call. Let them treat your lawn today. It's Lawn Solutions, 901-867-5626 or online at lawnsolutionsinc.net. Just getting started on a Monday. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Everybody's working for the weekend. Welcome back, everyone. Grizzlies back in action tonight. They will play host to the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks got bad news over the weekend. Kyrie Irving is out, injured his heel, some type of right heel contusion. Not sure of the timetable, but Irving will not be in uniform tonight for the Mavericks against the Grizzlies. Now, the Grizzlies recently beat Dallas in Dallas when they had Kyrie but did not have Luka. I think it's, a, even though Kyrie's a great player, don't get me wrong, it's just a different team when they have Luka. In fact, when Luka's been in the lineup, the Mavericks have beaten the Grizzlies 9 out of their last 10 meetings. But the Grizz really need to get two more, I believe, before Ja returns. They have four opportunities tonight, Wednesday at Houston, Friday at home against Houston and Dylan Brooks' return, and a week from tonight at Oklahoma City before Ja is scheduled to return a week from tomorrow in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Grizzlies lost on Friday to Minnesota, 127-103. to And after having won three of their previous four, Eli, uh, they were taken to the woodshed by a Minnesota team that had beaten the Grizzlies recently. Anthony Edwards talked about the crowd or lack thereof. And the crowd wasn't big on Friday, but that's because this was one of those added games because of the in-season tournament. But Edwards went out early with a hip pointer. And you thought, well, Edwards is down. Maybe the Grizzlies can win this game. Well, Rudy Gobert took over, 16 points, 20 rebounds, 6 blocks. Carl Anthony Towns at 24 And they never made it a game or let the Grizzlies make it a game as they win going away. Yeah, the the Grizzlies were were there at halftime, but then that third quarter was a a bit of a disaster. And, yeah, Gobert was just dominating the paint. And Taylor Jenkins talked, called out basically the rebounding. I mean, you can't, I don't, getting out rebounded 54 to 28 is just ridiculous. (laughs) Like, it's just. It's insane to be getting out rebounded that badly in a NBA game, and 
Um, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. Again, two rebounds in 29 minutes. He's just he's, he has to get more rebounds. He just has to. You you have to. You're too big, too strong, too athletic to get two rebounds in in 29 minutes. You know, Biombo only gets three. So your starting power forward and center gets you five rebounds in a game um, in a combined 49 minutes. And meanwhile, their centers got 20 rebounds uh, all by himself. It just they they have to. You have to be better on the boards than that. Couple of things. Number one, credit to Santi Aldama. He had 10 rebounds. He had nine points, 10 rebounds, six assists off the bench. So he did his job. Second, this is why I can't put Jaron Jackson Jr. into that upper stratosphere of NBA great players. I think he's a very good player. Obviously, he was the defensive player of the year. But he has too many games where he is non-existent on the board. Too many of those games. And the third point I want to make is we were very quick to kind of chuckle at the trade when it was made between Minnesota and Utah about their acquisition of Rudy Gobert and how it would work out. Well, all you had to do was wait and be patient and give it time. It has worked out very well. Now, doesn't mean they're going to win an NBA title this year, but they're off to a great start, and they have figured out a way where Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns coexist, Gobert doing most of the dirty work. Uh, he's playing very well. I still think it was a bad trade, but um, he is playing very well um, right now. And certainly on Friday night, he was a dominant force that the Grizzlies had no answer for. But why do you say it's a bad trade? Because what are, I, what are I the think, results? Well, they haven't. I mean, you have to give it time. Yeah. Okay, but I, I still think if you put Walker Kessler in that spot way cheaper, they could have done more. Way, they, they would still be, they could be the same, only have other good players around. No, right now they're number one in the West. We'll see if it lasts, but right now I would say, yeah, I've had a change of heart with that trade because I was also one that was very critical of that trade. But you got to give it time. You got to give it. You got to give everything time to see how it develops. So again, Friday night, Minnesota takes care of business tonight. I think a, a golden opportunity. Although again, when you face Doncic, even with Kyrie out, Grant Williams is not going to play tonight. Grizzly same cast of characters are out still with Marcus Smart. And with uh, Luke Kennard on the shelf, obviously Josh still not back yet. It'll be tough, but this is an opportunity. Again, for some reason, eight is the number that's been in my head, it's dancing in my head. I think they'll split with Houston. I think it'll be tough to win at OKC next Monday. So tonight might be that night that they really need to get a win to get to seven and then hopefully get a win over Houston to get to eight. It's just uh, for whatever reason. I doesn't mean that they're getting into the playoffs or the play-in, just because I say, yeah, eight seems like a number, but it's a number to me, and hopefully they can get to that point. Now. Well, no Kyrie, no Grant Williams, no Josh Green, no Maxi Kleber. Like, this, this is a, the Dallas is a two-point favorite, so, like, the odds makers believe this is a, you know, kind of a toss-up game. So this is certainly an opportunity. Um, you, just, you just hope that Luka doesn't go off on a, Luca Knight, like like he did with the triple double in the first half a couple of games ago, like he has that ability to just single handedly carry a team. If if you can avoid that, you certainly have an opportunity to win this game. Oh, there's no question; it's it's a toss up game. But as I said, Luca in the lineup versus the Grizzlies, they won nine of their last ten, and that's been some lineups without Kyrie Irving and some other players. So he can single handedly carry that team to a dub. But that's that's the game plan, right? You got to slow him down. You're not going to stop Luca. You just got to slow him down. 
As I said earlier, a week from tomorrow is the scheduled return of John Morant as far as a game is concerned. He's been practicing with the team. He's been doing things in the community. I saw Drew Hill from the Delhi Memphians' terrific story about John Morant and the connection to Munford High School and their boys' basketball team. But next Tuesday, one week from tomorrow in New Orleans, on that big day, the 19th of December, when the Tigers host Virginia and when the commission, the city commission, is supposed to vote on the stadium issue, it's also going to be, knock on wood, the debut of John Morant in the game in New Orleans. Now, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has come out and said that he will meet with Ja. Not sure if this is going to be in person, over Zoom, on the phone, but they are expected to meet before his scheduled return. Silver did say that uh, they they put out a lot of things that Ja had to meet, um, responsibilities that he had from the league, and Ja has completed everything to his knowledge. So he's in that position to be able to, to come back and help this team and turn around his what was once blossoming career, and hopefully that will continue on after this suspension of 25 games to open the season. Yeah, I, and I, I mean, again, there was never really any doubt that uh, to me that Jobs was going to be back in game 26. Again, once the schedule came out and that game was on national television, mm-hmm. I, I think it was rather obvious that Ja would have met all of the expectations of the commissioner to make his return in that game at New Orleans. Yeah, that was the game plan. And I don't know what exactly they laid out in front of Ja to do. Don't put a gun on video again. That was number one. That, that, that's probably was the, that only, the only one. Like, don't do anything stupid with a gun and you're going to be back in game 26 because <laughs> like we we find teams for sitting guys on these national television games. We're not going to sit you for a national television game. All you got to do, don't be an idiot. We'll be good. That's right. Uh, in-season tournament championship game. I did not see it. Frankly, I didn't care too much about it, but I know a lot of people did. I know the players were excited. And once again, who comes through in the clutch? LeBron James. The Lakers beat Indiana 123-109. to Finally, somebody had the answer to slow down Tyrese Halliburton. James, the tournament most valuable player, although in this particular game, Anthony Davis, unstoppable. 41 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, and um, some will call it the Austin Reeves game. He came off his deathbed to have a huge game off the bench for the Lakers. No, all joking aside, was supposedly sick and was able to play. And I think he went for 20, if I'm not mistaken. So he was really good. Congratulations for what it's worth. The rich guys are richer. More money for the Lakers organization. Feel good for the two-way guys like Castleton, who gets a nice paycheck. But the Lakers are the first ever NBA in-season tournament champions. Yeah, they're, they're... Did confetti come down and everything? I didn't watch it. Yeah, they had a big celebration. Did they have the celebration? Is it going to be a parade? Uh, I don't think it'll be a parade, but I think but I, they won a tournament. I'd celebrate. Have fun. They had champagne. They had old thing. I don't. I have no problem with that. Should a banner go up? I have. I, I, if I was them, I would ha- hang one. I don't. You have, make fun no of problem. the NIT banners. You make fun of the regional banners and things of that nature. You think a banner should go up? Seriously. Yeah, if I'm them, I would hang a banner. Yes. Really? Wow. Okay. That you beat the rest of the NBA in a tournament. 
NIT is beating the leftovers of, of after the 68 good teams are gone. I, I call double standard here. Well, again, if they would have eliminated the top 15 teams of the NBA and then you win that, then I would say don't hang a banner. But when you beat the entire NBA, go ahead and hang a banner if you yeah, want. Yeah, but you didn't play everybody. Well, you don't play everybody in the playoffs either. Like, people, and, teams get eliminated. That's how, the, during, that's how tournaments work. But during the season leading into the postseason, you play everybody. Yeah, I... I get, I don't. Who cares if they hang a banner or not? I don't. You keep trying to downgrade this, like trying to get people not to like this in-season tournament. It doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, that's it's my regular goal. season games, and then there's one game that doesn't count to regular season. Why not put something extra on the line for regular season games? Like right. you act like it's a negative thing for the league. No, it's not a negative thing, and it's not my goal to downplay it. I'm just saying I I couldn't care less. It's guys who are getting a trophy and more money. If you put something. That's more important on the line, like an automatic spot in the play-in. Then, to me, it's more important. There's more to play for. I mean, that means you give teams that have no chance, absolutely no chance, you at least give them a shot. That's something I would look at in the future. That would make it more important to me and more interesting to me. Probably 99 out of 100 times, the winning team of this is already going to be in the playoffs because they're good. I understand that, but that's why you play the games. And to me, you know, having the Lakers play the Pacers for some in-season tournament is—it didn't do anything for me. It's just—it's not, you're not going to change my mind unless you put something that's more important other than money on the okay, line. Okay, and that's fine. You don't—you don't like, but it's—it is what it is. Like it was a success. I'll give you that. It, it's a it was huge absolutely success. success. People didn't like the play-in when it first started. That's become a huge success. Like Adam Silver continues to do some really good things that have created interest in games that generally didn't have much interest. What did the? Now it was Saturday night, correct? So mm-hmm. it really didn't have much going. It wasn't going up against much, was it? it wasn't going up against an NFL game. The semis were on Thursday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, I'd like to see that go up against even like the Army-Navy game from Saturday afternoon. I wonder, I wonder what numbers it would do against any kind of football programming. But, anyway, congratulations to uh, LeBron. He can, he can put the trophy up on his mantle with all the rest of his trophies. Congratulations to him. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk some college football. The Heisman winner was announced on Saturday and a great Army-Navy finish. Also, some movement as far as the portal is concerned. More players jumping in. Some players jumping out, and they have new teams. Folks, one of our terrific sponsors is All-Star Chevrolet. And if you're ready for a new Silverado, All-Star Chevy right in the heart of Olive Branch has financing down to 1.9 or up to 10000 in cash. Plus, make no payment for 90 days. That's no payment for 90 days, and your good credit deserves that, right? All-Star Chevrolet has those beautiful automobiles with the red tags, the Tahoes, the Equinox, the Trailblazers. Families love the Traverse with the third-row seat, so you can do more together as a family. Christmas, holiday trips. What are you doing New Year's Eve? What are you driving? Military, teachers, college students, healthcare. How about this? You get an extra $500 bonus when you purchase a vehicle from All-Star Chevrolet. If you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned, All-Star is loaded up. If it's not there, just ask Jeff and he will find it for you. Kevin and Jeff and everyone at All-Star Chevy asked me to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah. Bartlett or Collierville, it's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com.
sportsfit56.com. You're tuned into Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Got a text on the Sports 56 listener line. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. that Sports 56 listener line. Texas of the in-season tournament winners should get the number five pick in the next year's draft. They are probably already good, so you can't give them the best pick, but a big motivation. No, like, <laughs> right? We don't want to make the good. Te- we don't want to give the the good teams a chance to get that much better. Yeah, that's not happening. Like, no, no draft pick. But again, I, you just—they're already going to be in the playoffs more than likely, or at least in the play-in. More than likely, the champion. But if you put that as a caveat. Other teams that are marginal may look at it as their only opportunity in reality to make it to the postseason if they win the in-season tournament. So give them a spot in the play-in. I don't think that's asking too much. There's 20 total spots in the postseason, right? Eight of them are playing. Again, by putting money on the line, the players clearly played hard. Like, and we're into this, and so were the organizations. So, like, the money was clearly enough of a motivation. I don't think it was motivation for LeBron James. I think the motivation for LeBron James was he wanted to be champion. He wanted to be the best. Well, yeah, he wanted his team a, there's to There's a win lot it. of players like that. Again, the, the, whatever, that's the bottom line. Like, the guys played hard, or like, he played 40 minutes in games. Like, they, it clearly meant something to them. So, but do we know we don't have to increase the motivation? Like, they're, they, they seem to care. But that's the Lakers, and that's LeBron James. He's a freak. Do we know that every team played with that same motivation? We don't. We don't know if every team did that. All right, real quick before we go to football, I was looking at the poll. Again, I'm kind of caught in this whole thing. Is it even possible for Memphis? Memphis got five votes last week. So there's a bunch of teams that were ahead of them as others receiving votes. They'd have to leap a bunch of teams. But I'm looking right now at the top 25 from last week. Illinois lost, but they lost to Tennessee. It was their second loss. Probably won't drop out. Texas A&M will probably drop out. They're now 6-3. and three. They were 21st. Wisconsin... They lost, too, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, I think they could drop out. Clemson won. San Diego State won. I, I don't know about Duke. Duke's 5-3, and three, 22nd rank last week. But there's probably a couple that will drop out. Now, who will move in? Virginia Is Virginia still unbeaten? Again, a, a future Memphis opponent coming up? I'm not sure what their record is. Ohio State got a bunch of votes. I'm not sure if they had lost. TCU lost a game. They lost to Clemson, so it wasn't a bad loss. Uh, Alabama lost. Michigan State got 46 votes. They're under 500 now. Princeton, I think, may have lost. UCLA lost one of the games. Cincinnati got knocked out of the ranks of the unbeaten. Ole Miss would be worthy of going before Memphis into the top 25, and they're unbeaten. Arkansas lost again. South Carolina lost. Villanova is a bunch of losses, although has the win over Memphis. So I think Memphis will come up short again, but they'll probably be really close like they were the last couple of weeks prior prior to this past week when they dropped down as far as others receiving votes with just five. Ohio State lost to Penn State. 
Ohio State did lose. Okay, so again, I, I think... Penn State found a sport they could beat Ohio State in. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's probably asking too much to leap over all those teams, but I guess there's a possibility when the people who have the vote start to look at that Memphis resume and go, you know what, this is a, this is a pretty good resume. And it is to this point. Uh, Jaden Daniels, to no surprise, wins the Heisman Trophy, the terrific dual-threat quarterback from LSU, the third quarterback in LSU history to win the Heisman Trophy, with uh, the last being Joe Burrow. Michael Penix Jr. finished second. Bo Nix finished third. And after Oregon had lost to Washington, I think it ended any chance for Bo Nix. Michael Penix deserved to be right where he was. And Jaden Daniels deserved against a three-loss team. I don't have a problem with that. My question was, if they had lost to Texas A&M, would voters have voted in a player from a four-loss team? Well, it's a moot point. They didn't lose that game. And uh, Jaden Daniels, now the question is, how good can he be at the next level? Where will he go in the draft? Yeah, all of those guys, uh, certainly they've got some, they're, you know, great college quarterbacks. Um, there will be questions about them as pro quarterback, but uh, but Jaden Daniels certainly. Um, in today's NFL, certainly there's more, much more of a chance for him than today's NFL than there was in the old NFL, where now teams have certainly embraced much more of those quarterbacks who not only can sling it, but can also run and do a lot of things with their legs. So um, at his size, everything else, I, I would think Jaden Daniels ha- has a chance if he gets in the right situation, but like so many others, you just got to get into the right situation. Yeah, that's true. The mock draft, I don't have in front of me, but the last one I looked at a couple of weeks ago had... Caleb Williams, first quarterback, still had Drake May. They had Shadur Sanders way up there. And then Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy. But I I think Michael Penix Jr., that's the guy I'd be looking at. He may be a guy that slips into the second round, which to me is is unreal. I think he is, he reminds me of Tua because he's a left-hander, but a stronger, thicker Tua. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Tua, but I think Michael Penix Jr. has a chance to be really, really good. But so do a number of those quarterbacks. I think it's a pretty decent uh, quarterback class coming out. The Army-Navy game, did you get a chance to watch any of that? I did not watch a single snap. I was out at the Autos of Liberty Bowl High School. That's right. That's right. Okay. It was really fun. A fun game that came down to the wire, and Army makes a goal line stand on basically the second to last play, but the last play, because it was fourth down for Navy, they go with a quarterback sneak, they try kind of the tush-push, and they stop them, they got to look at replay, and decide, and I think it was the proper call, because you couldn't really see anything, that he had been stopped. And Navy would have had to make a two-point conversion, even if it was a touchdown. But it comes down to the wire, 17-9 to at that point. So, there's one more play that has to be run. Army's at basically the four-inch line. So what do they do? As I expected them to do, and many expected them to do, they run around in the end zone, and they run out of the back of the end zone for a safety. That hit the over. 17 to 11. 28. I guess the uh, over-under, I didn't even look, was 27 and a half. It goes over 17-11. That's the second straight year. A crazy finish in the Army-Navy game makes the over a winner. Last year, it got to overtime, so it made the over the winner. This time around, it's a safety on the final play, and they hit the over. Yeah, that's a... Uh, 
that's a that's a tough way to lose. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that took the under because there are a lot of people take the under every year in that game. Right. And I mean, the, Army could have. All you got to do, you can just go back and just throw a pass over somebody's head out of bounds and run out the clock that way. But they chose the the safety route. Um, that's a. Uh, but there's some people out there that bet the over. Congratulations to them. Worked out great for them. But yeah, if you had the under, that is a uh, that is a brutal way to lose because obviously you're looking at it if they don't get the stop at the goal line you're going to lose anyway but you get that stop you're like, okay, okay got, got, this is going to work out and then for them to give up the safety to lose that way that's oh that's a, that is an agonizing way to lose i didn't play it but i would have played the under right because the under has been a winner so many different years but last year i got burned on that one with the overtime this year i just didn't play it i would have got burned again it would have been a tough way to lose this side of the program is brought to you by East Memphis A's Hardware. Corner of Quince and White Station is where you'll find them. That's where you'll find a lot of great gift ideas for the holiday season. If you've got any projects you're looking to get done, uh, maybe during like a Christmas break or holiday break, you've got some things around the house you're going to need to get done, well, go get everything you need over at East Memphis A's Hardware. Maybe it's a painting project. Well, they've got all those Benjamin Bohr paints there. Massive selection. But all kinds of other things for any DIY project that you've got around the house. And a great uh, staff over there to help you find exactly what it is you are looking for, what it is you need. And if they, for whatever reason, don't have something you're looking for, exactly what it is, well, they can get it for you easily as well. They got the key fobs as well, which is if you need a new key fob for the car, well, certainly they can save you a lot more, a lot of money over the dealerships when it comes to things like that. Go see the East Memphis Ace Hardware Corner of White Station and Quits. The largest contract in Major League Baseball history, by far, took place over the weekend. Not officially yet announced by the Los Angeles Dodgers, but when we come back, we'll talk about the record-setting contract for Shohei Otani. Also, we'll open up the Sports 56 listener lines to you. You can call in or text in at 901-360-8255 as we circle back to the Tigers' big win over 21st-ranked Texas A&M. The rest of the college basketball weekend. Also, the Grizzlies back in action tonight hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Whatever's on your mind, hit us up. We'll talk about it. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 